real quick. Uh, the Wizards just lost in L.A. by a lot, 124-106. I'm Fred Gatz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I have, like, a smorgasbord of people on this <laughs> podcast. So I'm, everybody here just introduce who they are as we sit in the Staples Center media room. I, um, go ahead. Um, I am Tanya Ganguly. I cover the Lakers for the L.A. Times. I'm Kyle Goon, a Maryland native. That's, that's how you are going to define yourself uh, for I'm, this I'm trying to work to our audience, Tanya. That's something you should learn about. It's already off to a so good start. <laughs> it's going <laughs> great. And we have a live studio audience of... Podcasting! <laughs> <laughs> that's Candace Buckner from the Washington Post. Literally... Literally re- reenacting the uh, popcorn gif right now. She's eating popcorn. <laughs> eating popcorn as she watches us. Good. We're true. We're true entertainment. Have Bill come on. Bill Orem from the esteemed Athletic no is walking by right now. No one's gonna get a word in. <laughs> no one's gonna get a word in. This 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 podcast is gonna be reminiscent of this game. Good. It's just. <laughs> um. What do, what do you guys think of the Wizards' defense? It's it's something, huh? Good. Would you like to take this? Uh, yeah, I just uh, they ju- they just couldn't stop Lance Stevenson tonight, uh, as we all know, an isolation ball monster. <laughs> just just the way Luke Walton drew it up. Yeah. Uh, listen, th- this game didn't matter, and the Wizards kind of played defense a little bit like that, so it's fine. It is. This, that's that's Candace throwing popcorn into <laughs> Bill Orm's mouth right now. Uh, this this game this game was extra- okay. So Candace and I sat courtside for this game, yeah, which we great seats. Great seats which can nice. you tell us what Luke Walton was saying the whole game? Well, so we we visiting. I've never gotten those as a visiting beat writer. I've seen it one other time. Um, I saw it at Jeff McDonald from the uh, covering cover San Antonio. I saw him uh, sitting there one day, and it was curious because it's, yeah, it's unusual. Well, so, like, that was, like, the ultimate sign of, like, how how little this game mattered to me. <laughs> like. That they were willing to give you those seats. Yeah, that, like. That they were available. Yeah, that they were available, that there was little enough media here for for them to be, like, yeah, just give those to the Wizards beat writers. It's just more media here than the Sacramento Kings game on on Sunday. And Sacramento's much closer than Washington D.C. If your if your listeners are aware, are looking at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just been kind of dead here, since, especially since they got eliminated from the playoffs. And yeah, it's it's been a weird atmosphere. It's very weird with LeBron around being talking about not being on a playoff team and. You know, there's been times when LeBron's been pretty moody and afterward in the locker room because he know he, he's frustrated. And there's not really much that the Lakers have been able to do about it. Can we but ta- sorry, I know, I know from across the audience, table. I know I'm a live studio audience member. I'm supposed to be silent. <laughs> but don't you guys feel like I, I always go back to this like ESPN Plus uh, soundbite that you know Bron does did with Maverick and, and Rich, and Rich always says. You lose in Cleveland, it's different than losing in LA. And when your manager is sitting courtside with freaking Jeffrey Katzenberg, how upset are you about missing the playoffs at the Lakers? You know, 
I I feel like it's it definitely has been weird for him um, because I think that there is he's never had a season like this and he always likes to say well I didn't make the playoffs my first two years I haven't always been in the playoffs but it's never been like this because his first two years like he wasn't he wasn't LeBron the LeBron that he is now and this year they really like everyone also in his second year they tied for eight of the East so they were they, it was a tiebreaker that kept him out of the playoffs so every game through the finish line mattered um, yeah, and but but he, those were just weren't years when he was in the position that he's in. I mean, there was this expectation up until he got hurt that I mean, I remember talking with people about how as long as the Lakers get into the playoffs, they can compete with pretty much any team in the West. That was the thinking before, right before LeBron got hurt. Then he gets hurt, and the wheels just completely fell off. The Lakers roster had so many problems with it that. It just got exposed during that time, and it got worse. And once he came back, it never came. They never got back to the point where they never got back to the point that they were at before his injury. Can we talk about the most important thing of the night? Can we talk about if it matters if Lance Stevenson stepped on Jeff Green's foot? Because <laughs> Lance Stevenson stepped on Jeff Green's foot for sure, which yeah. absolutely was, was the cool. reason. It was, and it was absolutely indisputably the reason that Jeff Green stumbled and sent the Lakers bench into the greatest frenzy I've ever seen from a crossover in my entire... I mean, it extended into the next possession and then into a timeout. We Rondo have like was so pleased about that. Rondo was we, so pleased we have, Scott Brooks called a timeout just so they could expand on the joke and he could go ask Jeff Green, how are your ankles? Yeah, we, we, have, we have an all-time gif of JaVale McGee just falling down out of excitement. Uh, they they flipped, and Jeff Green totally had his foot stepped on. Can we, like, we can all just choose to ignore that, right? I, uh, listen, Lance needs a win. <laughs> Lance, Lance, Lance said he only more. tapped it a little. He said, I just said just tapped it a little. Just a little tap. <laughs> Is that what he said? It was a great line. I mean, he absolutely just flat out stepped on it. Yeah, but, I mean, listen, and, and this is what I kind of wrote today. I, I just think what mattered more was the the volume of the bench reaction, the fact that the bench was so into that play. Because, I mean, when you think about what's been wrong with this team, well, first of all, the roster hasn't been healthy, but then the trade deadline, weirdness, the chemistry issues that never quite came together once LeBron came back. I mean, they just haven't had fun like that together in a very long time, and they've only won – like seven games in the past 27 and and so many things have gone wrong and, and they've kind of looked like they're splitting at the seams at times and to me it mattered more that you just saw a group who despite being out of the playoffs just was having a lot of fun together on the court um, and every every member of the Lakers was celebrating that play. You want to know the biggest fan of the Lance Stevenson isolation game? Please. Next to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is so much more. I was saying this to, to these guys the other day. It's so much in, more enjoyable to watch Lance in these games where the Lakers like there's no stakes whatsoever, and Lance is just pounding the ball. And he said afterward to me, he's like, "Hey man, I get someone every year." So he, he was feeling that he was feeling it. He's gonna claim someone tonight. <laughs> so that that yeah, was the skeptical. that was the greatest time. That that was the greatest timed crossover ever. 
crossover, step on foot, whatever it was, the greatest time ever. Because no, no exaggeration, Candice and I are sitting next to each other at the game. I turned to Candice in, the, when was that, the second quarter? First, first quarter? First quarter. I turned to Candice, and I said to you that Jeff Green has really mailed in the last month. And, and right as I say it, <laughs> Jeff Green just totally gets <laughs> Jeff Green went like seven straight games without an offensive rebound. Uh, right as I say it, Jeff Green just gets crossed over into the – well, it gets his foot stepped on into the oblivion. I was like, that was exactly timed at that moment. Like, the basketball gods were just having a sense of humor at that exact moment. They heard I, They heard. I spoke, it in, I spoke that foot oh, no. into existence, <laughs> stepping on the other foot. Uh, Bradley Beal had 17 straight points for the Wizards tonight. And I don't know. Okay, so you guys are on the outside. Clearly the number one most important – storyline right now for the Wizards is does Bradley Beal make All-NBA? Because if he does, he's super max eligible, and then the Wizards either offer it to him and he accepts, or they offer it, and then they've got two super max guys in Beal and Wall, or they offer it to him and he declines, and then they have to trade him, or they presumably have to trade him, or he doesn't make it, and then you you know have a different sort of conversation. But that's, that's clearly the number one thing. And I'm wondering, you guys from the outside, you saw Beal at 32 tonight, on 19 shots, he got to the free throw line 13 times. He had that stretch in the third quarter where over 17 or over seven minutes and 17 seconds, he scored 17 straight points. No other wizard scored, and it wasn't like he only took shots. Other guys were just missing. And it was like the perfect microcosm of Bradley Beal has to score for the Wizards. They they, they maintained being down double digits pretty much the whole time during that stretch. Uh, it was the perfect microcosm of Bradley Beal has to score in order for the Wizards to kind of just even just stay below average. And it wasn't Beal's fault. Uh, I'm wondering, are you going to be, either of you guys going to be voters? We don't. You, think? you don't, LA Times doesn't vote. You I, think you'll I, be a voter? I'm not sure. You think you'll be a voter? I have been previous years. Um, um, I, the only thing I'll say about Bradley Beal is I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I did some TV locally yesterday and they wanted to rank the shooting guards in the NBA. And I put Bradley Beal number two this year. Because and like, which I felt like was a little bit of a discredit to Clay because he's so he's so darn good. But what I love about Bradley Beal and like, listen, I mean, he's sixth in the NBA in scoring since John Wall went down, fifth in steals. Like he's that he's that prototypical two-way guard that can beat you so many ways offensively. Whereas Clay is you know going to beat you one way and he's going to beat you repeatedly. But like, man, all NBA six guards. So I mean, what's the what's Harden and Curry are are locks ahead of him. And Dame's then, a lock. And then Dame's a lock. But other than that, there's. You don't yeah. want Kyrie? Either? Okay, Kyrie. Yeah. Russ. Russ. Russ is going to make it. Russ is going to Like, make he's going to make those it. Be your, those would be your six. It would have to be, those yeah. would have to be your six. I mean, so he's, he's going up against Kemba. Kemba's having a great All star year. What is that? Sit. Kemba, Kemba. There's a machine. Kemba, <laughs> Kemba Simmons. Yeah, I'm not sure if. Simmons could be eligible at forward, too. Guard. He was he was a guard for All Star voting, but okay. sometimes they change that around. He could be eligible at both guard and forward. Yeah, um, could be Kemba, could be Simmons. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure that he makes it. I the thing I like about Bradley is just like Clay is like a, he's he's thriving in like a lush tropical rainforest, and Bradley is like a cactus thriving and growing in a desert, not needing much to survive, but still wow, just good. branching oh out God. to the sunshine. Look at you with the like metaphors. 
It's just he, he doesn't. He should be a writer. <laughs> That's what Luke is saying. You have like little teasers on the on tweets, and you pull that out and use that on the. But that's what I will saying. It's like you think click. you think with John Wall being out, you can focus on that guy, and you can stop that guy, and and you can sort of gear everything into keeping him from scoring. But with him, you can't, and he's been more productive, and he's shooting better than he was last year. So. I mean, it, that's absolutely insane for, for Bradley Beal to be doing what he's doing in the circumstances that he's doing it without that second star. Kyle Goon giving uh, Bradley Beal the most improved player vote. I didn't say that. <laughs> but he's been good. He's been very good. I, want, I don't know if he's going to make it. He, if they lose 50 games... That's tough. That... That doesn't have a huge... I don't know if I'll have a vote or not. I mean, those that, are LeBron-level losses numbers. So. <laughs> oh. I don't... How many seasons? <laughs> I don't know if if that's... I don't know if that would have a huge impact on my opinion, personally. Because he's not the reason. <laughs> just coming up and leaving. That's... How much longer will you guys be here? I don't know. Five, two minutes? I just, need, I just need like 30 minutes to write, and I'll be back. <laughs> okay. So... Orem's gone now. Thank God. So, now let's get the real podcast going. That's what I always say. Exactly. Uh, it wouldn't make a huge difference for me. Like, what's the difference between losing 50 and losing 48 when he didn't really have a hand in those losses? Like, they have those losses because yeah. they can't defend and because they change their lineups every two seconds and because they just frankly don't have that much talent around him compared to other teams around the league. But, I like... Had, I always had... I had I mean, not that this is the case with either of these guys, but, like, I always had an executive tell me a lot that you should always be wary of a good player on a bad team. And granted, like... Where's Magic Johnson distant Bradley? (laughs) (laughs) This was years ago before I'd ever met Magic Johnson. (laughs) But, you know, there's part of that, too. Like, like if if a player has really good numbers and he's playing on a team that doesn't have much of a, much hope um you know there's some there's he takes some of the blame for that even if his numbers are good so i i don't discount wins and losses totally when thinking about how good a specific player is yeah i think it's all contextual like i think it all when you watch the games how much is how much are those numbers like fake like zach levine's numbers are fake right like to some degree, like I, I like Devin Booker. I like Devin Booker a lot. I think he's really good. I think he's gonna be really good. But his numbers being as high as they are today are a product of his situation. Did you see that they're gonna? They're, Phoenix is gonna do a bobblehead giveaway in honor of the fifty-nine points. <laughs> they're gonna do a bo- bobblehead giveaway in honor of Devin do, Booker's fifty-nine to, points when they lost the game by thirty-three. They have 33. to find something to be happy about and to celebrate. <sighs> <laughs> what? Size don't correlate on podcasts. You have to be a little bit more Okay. a lot. I sigh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything else to talk about before we go? Candace? Tanya got herself a $400 layup. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Where? Really? Here one? <laughs> no. It's fine. Where'd you get it? It's, we, didn't talk about the, we, didn't, we didn't talk about the pun situation. Oh, the pun situation. <laughs> we didn't talk about how you constantly torment me by punning on Twitter, and Goon has started torment following you. you Fred t- personally torments you yeah. by punning on Twitter. Yeah. My, all of my I consider it a personal all of all of my all of my <laughs> tweets. 
You should probably turn off Twitter alerts for me, by the way. All of all of my tweets directed at my thousands people. of followers are actually just directed at Tanya. I know. It's Only horrible. the puns. The Bam, the Bam one was good the other day. It was good. Mm-hmm. I was really I'm happy sure about it. Autobiography. Oh my god. The one that he recycled? The one that he had already used and then came back to? See? This is how much of a fan she is of it. She read it, she looked at it, pretended not to know what it was, and it turns out not only did she know what it was, she she read the mentions and knew she knew it and knew the people had replied knowing I recycled it and used it previously. No, you you claim you claim to hate it. When you have repressed memories. But you claim to hate it. That. You claim to hate it, and yet you researched it. That, this is Anya in a nutshell. Yeah. I researched oh, a lot man. of things I hate, Fred. I hate to tell you. This is this is great. I spend a lot of time on the things that I don't like. <laughs> this is great. Uh, okay, plug uh, plug your guys' uh, great work before we go. Uh, I work for the LA Times. I have a story coming soon about LeBron's production company and sort of his. It was supposed to run a while ago, and uh, when I didn't know, think when I didn't expect the Lakers to be in the position they are in now, but um, but I sort of took a look at, at what things are like, what things are like there, and what kinds of why there's such a hot commodity in Hollywood right now. So you can read that on the LA Times. I work for the OC Register. My Twitter handle is at Kyle Goon, and I wrote about LeBron's companies back in October. So. <laughs> How many people are ready? <laughs> 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 we out. We out. Okay. All right. We're gonna, Candace, you don't need to plug anything. No, I'm just applauding. I haven't called you guys out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, subscribe to us After Dark. Give us five stars. Leave a nice review. Uh, I'll be back after the game tomorrow night in Phoenix. I'll talk to you guys then. Very good. Uh,